It's time for the Talent Talk Radio Show, brought to you by People G2, a nationwide leader in background checks and employment screening solutions. People G2 gives their clients access to the best human capital management and due diligence tools available. They are dedicated to helping their clients with all of their people-related decisions. To learn more, go to www.peopleg2.com. Talent Talk centers on the topics of talent recruitment and management, leadership development, company culture, and employee engagement. These are all timely topics for CEOs, entrepreneurs, HR professionals, and business leaders. We hope that as you tune in to listen each week, whether to the live broadcast or to the podcast on iTunes or iHeartRadio, that you hear something you can take away that will help you grow and impact your career in a positive way. And now, here's the host of the Talent Talk Radio Show, the founder and CEO of People G2, Chris Dyer. Hey, good afternoon, and thank you, everyone, for tuning in. I've had many firsts on this radio show, and today is a new one. And that is that I got stuck on the freeway in a major multi-car accident, and I'm trying to do the show via the phone. I will make my way into the studio eventually, but we'll get it done here today. This is the first time you're tuning into the show. I'm normally not late, but um, the show was was really derived and figured out uh, to and how we can uh, really work together, how we can bring conversations and people um, to our show that maybe have something to say, thought leaders, people really talking about company culture, employee engagement, leadership development, and what we can do best with our talent and our company. So um, I've been really fortunate, as I said, so many firsts in the last four plus years we've been the show. I even have a new book, The Power of Company Culture, that has come out. A lot of stories from the show and my own work in my own company. Uh, I'd love to have you check that out, The Power of Company Culture. Uh, Town Talk is live here every uh, Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Um, and love to have you tune in live. But most people actually come in via the podcast on iTunes. They check us out on iHeart Radio. Feel free to check out those meetings. We even go to TownTalkRadio.com where we're happy to keep that conversation going. And there's over about 10,000 of you uh, a day that have been coming in and grabbing one of those uh, shows. So big thank you to everyone who's being a part of our show and being a great participant. Uh, love to have you also come in and uh, tweet and send us your comments, your questions on Twitter right now. Use that hashtag talent talk. My producer, Mike, is diligently watching and live tweeting the show right now, and we'll certainly engage with you there and keep uh, everything going. All right, I have two great guests today. Um, my first guest will be uh, Jeanette uh, Maester, the Americans, um, America's Managing Director for WCN. And then after the commercial break, live in the studio, we'll have Christy uh, Eblen, the Chief Operating Officer of Golden Spoon, one of my favorite places to get uh, a little, little treat when you when you go after diet. So we'll make sure you stick around for the second half of the show where we'll bring her in. But let's go ahead and get to my first guest. Uh, Jeanette, welcome to the show. Great. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. I am not on the highway stuck in traffic. <laughs> so. <laughs> Well, I'm going to make my way in the studio here in just a moment, but uh, Jen, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself? You know, what's important for us to know about you and maybe what, um, you know, what you're doing over there, what we should know about WCN for, certainly for the context of this conversation. Sure. Well, um, I'm, uh, as you said, I'm the America's Managing Director at uh, WCN. Um, and, uh, you know, just for those who don't know WCN, we're an award-winning uh, provider of uh, 
talent acquisition technology, but there's this really strong focus on intelligent automation. Um, and for me, I've been at WCN for, God, it's just been about five years now. Um, but prior to that, I was actually a customer of WCN for many years, and I was really a recruiting practitioner for many years. So before this, I was at Credit Suisse as the global chief operating officer of their campus recruiting um, efforts. And before that, I was at Lehman Brothers, and that's a whole other story, again, all in, in recruiting and in campus. And so um, for me, I, you know, would always use WCN as my technology provider. Ended up loving them so much and the team that I'm like, forget Wall Street. Um, I'm, I'm heading over to the tech side. So so made made the switch over. So that's uh, that's just you know the quick blurb about me and, and WCN. Yeah, and so maybe you could talk a little bit about your role at you know America's Vanity Director. What does that mean? What does your sort of day in life look like in, in, in your work? Yeah, well, that's a good question. No day is the same, although I'm sure lots of people would say that about their roles. And, you know, for me, like, heading up the Americas, I have responsibility for literally everything. Um, so, you know, things from sales and marketing to, you know, the success of our clients and supporting them, um, our professional services. I get involved in our product and roadmap. So really like soup to nuts. And, you know, I'm also fortunate enough that I, I sit on our global leadership team as well and have a great team in the U.S. And, and, and because I, you know, have responsibility for so many different things, you know, my, my day is just you know, it, it changes from, I might be today, you know, speaking on a radio call, as we are earlier on in, like, conference calls with, I, we have a lot of, um, our team sits in London, on the phone with London, you know, um, on the phone with our customers visiting, you know, last week I was out in a talent, um, talent, uh, Sherm conference in Vegas, so I'm sort of all over the place, but that's what makes it, it fun. And, you know, you kind of talked about talent and speaking of that in the Sherm show, and, uh, in Vegas, uh, what what is sort of you know where are you at as far as influencing that talent and that that uh, leadership development component within your company? Yeah, that's so. That's a really good question, actually. I mean, for me, when I think about you know WCN and and um, you know the the talent we have here, and we we have such a great team. Like I I I love the team. I feel so lucky um, every day. For for me. Like, I really think about setting the tone and the culture um, for our organization, in particular here in the U.S., as the head. And, and for me, it's like, you know, we spend so much time at work. And so, you know, for me, it's about having a culture of, of fun. You know, uh, like, I want to make sure that everyone's excited to come to work and do their job. Um, and, uh, you know, for, for, for me, in terms of talent development, I'm very much, you know, think about, let's not just do things the way we've always done it, you know. So when someone says, oh, we've done it this way, like, that drives me crazy. So I'm very much about, like, let's spend a lot of time, let's come up with new ideas, um, and then run with them. And then I give people a lot of rope, you know, to, to run with, which I think, you know, it gives them a lot of room to develop. And, you know, when you, when you have that, you know, culture of trust and, you know, innovation, like, it, that's where people can really grow. So for me, that's very much how I, like, run, you know, run our business and run the culture. Um, and, you know, I think having grown up in, in you know, a re recruiting space in HR, that to me is just a very important piece of, of talent development versus having you know, some of the real formal training programs, which are also really important. But just having that great culture of trust is, is, is key to me. Well, I know one of the things that you've been um, really good at and recognized from your uh, clients and, and, and internally is 
your ability to really drive growth through recruitment practices and, and things. Maybe you could talk a little bit about that as well. Yeah. Oh, it's so nice. it's always nice to hear that. Um, well, I think you know it's interesting. What's allowed me to be re- really successful is you know as I mentioned, I- I'm a practitioner at heart. You know, I spent my I don't want to say how many years, but you know, many years um, as as a recruiter. Um, and you know, worked my way up. You know, started out as a you know, re- recruiter, hiring uh, MBA students at, at Lehman Brothers to be bankers, um, and then you know, moved on to you know more more senior leadership roles until I was in a global leadership role. And and I think because I've literally been in the shoes of my clients um, and customers, I can I know what they're going through, and I, I know their pain points. You know, I know how you know. Like the things to help, like navigate around. Um, you know, if there's a security issue with technology, or if like late at night they get a request for data on the recruiting program. Like I, I've been there and I've done that, and so I think that's been really helpful um, as as you know we're working closely with with our clients to make them successful and transform things. I, I've been in their shoes, so there's there's that understanding that that really uh, you know gives me, for better or worse, an edge. Right. Right. Well, I, I also one of the other areas I sort of noticed in looking at your background was a focus and interest in on student talent trends reports. So maybe you could talk about why you decided to kind of create this report and what kind of data is included and you know, what kind of got you to that point to, to do such a thing. Yeah, no, that's it. You hit the nail on the head. I, you know, I started my career in recruiting as a campus recruiter. And so, you know, um, that to me has always been a passion point, and that's been a big area that WCN has always focused on. And so, you know, for us, we're like, we have all of this knowledge about student recruiting. We have tons of data from all of our, um, you know, our, our customers having students apply and applications. And, and so we're like, we have all this insight. We need to share this with the world. Um, and, you know, we, we've never done that before. So we partnered with um, Universum. Um, because they have lots of great data on what candidates are thinking. So we have lots of stuff on what on the application process and whatnot. So we partnered together, and we're like, let's come up with this great trends report because we know what's happening and, and share it with the world. Um, and so we did that earlier this year. We published it. It's like a big, giant, 50-page trends report, and you can download it on our, on our website. Um, but it was pretty cool because we looked at over – I think the exact number was over 990,000 applications from students globally. Um, and in the U.S., it was like 400,000 applications. And it was from candidates across 200 and 205 countries and a bunch of different industries. So um, a lot of finance and retail and technology, consulting and nonprofit. So not all the industries out there, but it was a great mix of student applications. And then Universum grabbed their data, and they looked at 100, no, it wasn't 100, excuse me, 1.5 million um, students globally across 60 countries, and those that were um, students and majoring in business and IT and engineering and humanities. So we, we baked all of our data together and started to pull out trends um, to see, you know, what's going on. And it was, it was a really cool report, and so that's what we published earlier this year. It was fun. Well, it sounds like a lot of fun, and you're really right on target with, I think, where a lot of people are looking right now with the job market being good and um, trying to find top talent is really difficult, that campus recruiting has become even more important. It always has been important, but I think it's become even more important right now as a direct line to really help us find 
the best and upcoming talent, probably the less expensive talent as well as they come into the workforce. Yes. Um, so w- when it comes to campus recruiting, do you feel like uh, employers or maybe candidates have the upper hand right now? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, well, I'm not going to say both. I won't do the non-answer. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, no, I mean, thinking about it, I, I mean, it has to be candidates. I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting. I had, um, so I mentioned last week I was at, you know, Sherm Talent, and I was talking a bit about um, the, the war for early career talent. Um, and, and one of the things um, that I had read, I think it was on CNBC, that like three in four U.S. employers plan to hire recent college mm-hmm. grads, and it's like the highest um, forecast since 2007. And as I said, I've been doing this since like 2000 with student recruiting. And so, you know, that was right before, you know, Lehman and Bear Stearns and everything went under. So um, I've lived through it. So that, that is, that is true. It, it's, it's, you know, crazy. Everyone is hiring college kids right now. Um, and then um, there's also been like a huge increase in those organizations that are hiring. They're, they're hiring uh, percentages are increasing, like uh, their hiring targets are up 15%. Um, so you have that, and then, um, you know, we all know there's super low unemployment, and baby boomers are retiring, and I think Universum has a stat that shows, I'm trying to remember it, that I think it's it's 2008 grads, yes it is, 2008 grads, um, when they were looking at different employers, they were like looking at 12 different employers at a time, so 12 different, maybe it wasn't job offers, but they were applying to 12 different companies at a time, and this past year, um, they were looking at 25 um, employers at a time, so it's like, the, the, like things have changed significantly in the past, I mean, we know this in the past 10 years, but just in the, you know, trying to hire, you know, kids out of college, it's, it's intense, everyone is after them, and they have a lot of choices, and a lot more than they did in the years before. So staying with, uh, you know, uh, this area of campus recruiting, uh, are you seeing any gaps in any particular areas? I mean, it could be gender gaps, it could be within uh, diversity or ethnicity, within uh, certain areas, or, or do you feel like, you know, this is an area where uh, it kind of presents a bit you know, an easier place to, to pick up on some of our diversity goals or things we might be thinking from from a talent sources standpoint? Yeah, another good question, Chris. You have great questions. So, um I would say it's interesting, you know, campus recruiting, college recruiting, it's always historically been a better diversity source in general, and certainly in my past roles in campus recruiting roles, like, we, we always were like, let's, we, we can hire a higher percentage of, of, of different, whether it was women or different ethnicities than you would through... Um, professional experience higher recruiting and so the idea was always if we can get more in the door and then grow our own that would be great and that could help um, from a, a, a you know percentage and retention standpoint um, but with that said there's still gaps and we saw this when we pulled the data for on our for a student trend report still big gaps um, gender and ethnicity I mean the number of applications um, like women applying at least on the subset of those almost million applications we looked at Still, only like I think it was 34, 35 percent of the applications were from women. So there is a way to go. Um, and then looking at ethnicity, percentages of applications for Black and Hispanic were you know tiny. You know I think it was um, I actually wrote a couple of notes down here because I figured you'd ask me on the report. Um, 2.5 percent um, were Black applicants and 3.6 percent for Hispanic. Um, so that's 
so low. Um, and so what, what to me that that data said was, hey, we need to, as companies and players, do a much better job to reach out to these candidates, engage them, and get them to want to apply. Um, so that's one piece. And then, you know, making sure we're not limiting the sources um, certain schools that we're going to that are not as diverse. Um, and so, so I think there's, uh, like, we've made strides over the years, but there's still a lot, lot, lot more, more to go. So more, more work to do there, uh, unfortunately. But I think people are focused on it, which is great. Yeah. And, you know, I'm wondering, so we've talked a lot about the United States sort of centric stuff, and that's where you put your focus, but you're also working with your colleagues from different parts of the world. So are you seeing any other trends, you know, emerging internationally that we might be thinking about here, you know, domestically? Yeah, we, we are. Um, and so I think one of the big things that popped as we looked at some, uh, you know, I think like if I'm uh, just on the student trend report, just thinking about that, uh, was around students that are interested in an international career. Um, and so I think this one's interesting, especially given um, the, the climate we're in right now, is that in the U.S., um, we found that 19% of U.S. students are interested in an international career. Um, and that is 18 percentage points lower than the global average. So I thought that was really fascinating because it's such a you know, smaller percent where people who live you know, outside the U.S. are much more interested in work working other places, and U.S. students want to, want to stay here. Um, and we found only 20% of U.S. students have had international exposure. So, again, to me, that was just a very interesting trend, and, you know, we'll see how that, that changes over time. You know, we, we also find that the accept rates um, for, for students that, that are, you know, in the U.S., applying to U.S. roles, like high, high accept rates when they receive offers, um, like 98%. Um, when they receive an offer or accepting it. And that was a very different trend for international students um, who received an offer um, to work in the U.S. It was, it was lower in some cases, like 60%. In one case, it was interesting, um, candidates from the U.K. who went to the U.S. and received a job offer, only 27% of them were accepting their offer in the data we looked at. Um, and so some people are like, well, does that have to do with visas? Like, what's going on there? Why is that so low? Um, and the data at the time was, you know, pulled from, you know, let's see, we're in 2018. So it was last recruiting year, and that was around the time of Brexit and whatnot. So we think, you know, some of this, it might have been skewed, but given the political climate at the time um, where we were looking at this data. So it's just interesting, nonetheless. Yeah, and there's certainly a lot of factors there that with your data yeah. and sort of what trends, and you know, unfortunately, I guess trends come around quicker than the data can catch up sometimes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but we have to kind of look at both, right? What is it? What is the data really telling us? And then what are we seeing what might be coming along the route? You know, maybe you could talk a little bit about how soft, you know, how, how can the software that WCN produces really help um, recruiters overcome some of the challenges that, you know, are prevalent in the field or th even things that we've talked about today? Yeah. Um, well, you know, for me, having been, you know, a practitioner for so many years, one of the biggest challenges in recruiting is time. Time and speed, and, you know, there's such a heavy admin burden on, on recruiters and organizations. So, you know, for us, and this has always been something that I've loved about WFAN and still do, is that we really focus on intelligent automation. Um, and so, you know, our technology is 
all about speed, you know, to, to give the recruiting team more time so they can focus on and what I like to call like the fun stuff, um, you know, time to personalize the process, you know, actually pick up the phone, you know, speak to their hiring manager or other internal clients or pick up the phone and talk to the great candidates. And so if you have great, <coughs> great technology that can do so much of this heavy lifting, like things like, you know, automated nurturing, you know, that, that keeps, you know, great candidates engaged and sending them out emails or content. Um, or, you know, automated workflows to, like, speed up, you know, speed up a selection. So I'll give you a really good example, which is one of my favorites, is that we have a client who has a three-day time to hire. Um, and if someone's being rehired, it takes five minutes. So the candidate goes on to apply. It's a big retailer. Um, goes on to apply for a job within 30 minutes, and they have to take an online, like, personality test. If they, you know, automatically the system, if they pass everything and, you know, are selected, they, they can, at the end of it, you know, you click submit and it's like, great, we'd love to interview. And they can just schedule themselves for an interview. Um, and then they can walk in the next day when, or whenever they've scheduled their interview. And then the hiring manager interviews them. And there's no, like, human intervention up until that point except for the hiring manager putting in when they were available when they opened up the, the job. So to me, like, that's such a great example of, of speed because then, again, you know, those great candidates can be, you know, spoken with and have the process really personalized for them and all of again the heavy lifting is just wiped away and technology can just handle all of it so so speaking of technology is there an app or a gadget or something that you've been using in your life recently that you know our listeners might want to think about checking out I don't know if I have anything really exciting. It um, doesn't have to be exciting. It just needs to be useful. <laughs> useful. Okay. Well, I find, um, although I just saw it Mashable, something come up earlier on my phone about the Apple Watch. Is it is as useful? So I like right. am a, sort of still obsessed uh, with my Apple Watch. Uh, so I feel like it's my own personal assistant that, like, you know, tells me when to, you know, reminds me where to go somewhere. And, you know, I'm, I'm a working mom. I have two kids. So in the afternoon, if my kids are texting me or something, like, I can, you know, I can see it without, I can be sort of sly if I'm in a meeting and, and whatnot. And so um, to me, I feel like that really, that really helps me um, a lot. Yeah, you know, I was in a very similar mindset as you and I recently. My Apple Watch broke, and I haven't had it for two weeks. And it's actually been very liberating not to be constantly flicking my wrist to the side to look to see what was on the screen. And I've been concentrating a little bit more. So I've, I'm a little torn. Maybe I'm going to shut, turn off some of my notifications, maybe tone it down when I get it back from the repair shop. So, but uh, it, it, Definitely. <laughs> well, um, I actually did that recently. I turned off a bunch of notifications. Only yeah. the important stuff. Only important <laughs> so stuff. Good. I, I yeah. recommend that. Only the kids and when to stand up. Right. Exactly. Um, how about a book? What are you reading right now that you might share with us? Ooh, um, so you're gonna laugh. I have, I'm, I have a big stack of books on my nightstand right now that I just have like been meaning to get to. So the book that's like on my list to read, but I haven't started yet, is um, it's it's Traction by Gino Wickman, uh, which is. Um, a bunch of people have recommended it to me. It's a bit helping about like running your business and whatnot. Yeah. Um, so, so that's on my to-be-read book. I would say, let's see, a book that I read. Well, I read lots of bedtime stories to my kids. Um, and probably the most interesting one I read most recently was uh, I Descent, which is the um, uh, a children's book, the biography of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, which. Um, 
I just think has a great message around uh, you know female role models and equality. And so my, my poor kids, you know, are always you know hearing I have a boy and a girl, but I always you know make sure that they're you know exposed to you know I think some of these important things about you know equality and and, and messages about that. So uh, that that's I read that last night actually. Well, that's now great. That I think of it. <laughs> so th- there you go. <laughs> Well, those are all great options. And uh, how can people find out more about WCN or get a hold of you if they're interested in learning more? Sure. Well, um, I'm on, personally, I'm on uh, LinkedIn and, and Twitter. And um, I think my Twitter handle is like at Jeanette Meister. Just easy, just how my name is spelled. Um, and then for WCN, um, our website is WCNSolutions.com. Um, and, you know, you can find the student report there um, and all sorts of information. We have a great resource section and a blog. And so, uh, you know, everyone can feel free to uh, go there, reach out to me um, on, on social media. Perfect. Well, Jeanette, thank you so much for being a part of the show today and giving all of us some, some really great things to think about. And kind of dived into some kind of new things we haven't done in the show before. So really appreciate you uh, coming and being a part of the show today. Great. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. All right. We'll be right back after this quick commercial break and with my second guest. And I'm finally back in the studio. So I will bring in Chrissy Eblen. Imagine buying a newspaper and discovering that the news you're reading is six months old. There isn't much that stays the same for six months. And the same thing goes for background checks. In a time when so much outdated information is being passed around, it's good to know that People G2 offers something different. At People G2, we provide today's intelligence, not yesterday's news. Our value-added approach offers you a fully FCRA-compliant solution that includes up-to-the-minute information. By combining industry-leading technology with old-school human investigation, People G2 is able to give you information that is accurate right now, delivered quickly through our online system or integrated with your HR system. So ask yourself, are you comfortable working with old news or are you ready for a different kind of background check company? Visit PeopleG2.com or call 800-630-2880. That's 800-630-2880 or PeopleG2.com. Welcome back to the Talent Talk Radio Show. Um, special thanks to my uh, first guest, uh, Jeanette Maester, the uh, America's Managing Director of WCN, for coming on the show, being my first guest. Um, and if you happen to miss it, you can pick it up on the podcast, uh, on iTunes, listen on iHeartRadio, or even TalentTalkRadio.com. Love to have you continue the conversation with us on Twitter. Don't forget to send your tweets, uh, hashtag TalentTalk. Even if it's after the fact, we still check, we still interact there all the time. So um, now I'll go ahead and bring in my next guest, who's live in the studio, Chrissy uh, Eblen, the Chief Operating Officer of Golden Spoon. And I guess we're going to find out maybe... Across the country, or if this is a maybe more local, because certainly for me being a local person, I'm like yeah, I know Golden Spoon. I'm at Golden Spoon all the time. Mm-hmm. But um, don't forget, you can uh, just keep that conversation going on on Twitter. But let's go ahead and bring Chrissy in today. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me today. Let's get you really close to the mic there. I want to make right. sure everyone can hear you. There mm-hmm. we go. Why don't you tell everyone a little bit about everyone? Everyone a little bit about yourself. Excuse me, uh, and what you're currently doing over there about uh, with Golden Spoon, and kind yeah. of maybe more about the company. Um, yeah, sure. So um, I've been with Golden Spoon for a little over eight years now, and I'm the chief operating officer for Golden Spoon, responsible for the operations of the company and assist our franchisees to help um, make sure that their retail oper- operations are as successful as they can be. Great. And and maybe you could kind of give everyone a little 
maybe background information on Golden Spoon. Sure. Um, you know, how, how many locations and where are you guys located, things like mm -hmm. that. We currently have about 40 locations. We're saturated here in South Orange County, um, mm -hmm. San Diego County, LA County. We have locations in Arizona and Nevada as well. Okay. Um, we are expanding and currently going through a rebranding process. So we'll be opening our first uh, Golden Spoon Cafe at the end of June. Golden Spoon so, Cafe, that's mm -hmm. interesting. So what, Very exciting. What yeah. else will we have in there besides ice cream? So we're actually going to switch from frozen yogurt to a cultured gelato. Wow. So we'll have the same great benefits and back healthy bacteria and everything that our frozen yogurt has, um, but more creamy and decadent. Um, hmm. Still be able to find those same great flavors, just um, even more premium version of them. Um, in addition to that, we'll have, our, we'll have premium coffees from all around the world, single mm -hmm. origin coffee beans. Um, we'll have acai bowls, smoothies, cold-pressed juices, um, and some pastries. That's so, really exciting. Yeah. I know you have another business as well that you founded back in 2007, the I Carefree do. Concierge. Mm -hmm. um, so what's sort of the driving force behind that, that secondary company? Well, I wanted to create a company um, to help busy people help manage their time and delegate tasks. Um, time is a non-renewable resource, and it, can only be, it can't be stockpiled or held in reserve. Once it's gone, it's gone. So... Um, yeah, I just wanted to help busy individuals have more free time and spend right. with their loved ones doing the things that they love and they're passionate about. Um, yeah. It's a great so, idea. Yeah. I mean, I, I recently went through a huge, like, trying to declutter and reorganize myself and yeah. like, change, move my office to a different room and rebuild my whole it's office. It's a big undertaking. It's a big undertaking. Yeah. And I was like, I just need someone to help me get organized. Yeah. And it was really hard to find someone who, like, at a really mm -hmm. high level could specialize yeah. in that and come in and do that. So I had to kind of do it all myself. But... I was like, man, that'd be a great idea for business. <laughs> and that so. is one of the services we provide at Carefree yeah. Concierge. Yeah, and it's, um, you know, it's something that used to only be available to the wealthy, mm -hmm. but um, we've really been able to um, democratize that and make it available across the board to everyone. So right, mm -hmm. that's really great. So as the COO or Chief Operating <laughs> Officer for Golden Spoon. We could talk a little bit about how does your kind of leadership directly impact or shape the organization, you know, in a positive way. Sure. Well, um, there are many things that a chief operating officer of any size company can do to smooth things along. Um, for example, I try to think ahead and anticipate um, any logistical issues that might likely occur um, and snag a particular project or goal. Also, I like to... Um, I make strong efforts to involve our company employees, our franchisees and their employees, our partners and vendors, and of course, um, our beloved customers. So, <laughs> And I know, you know, just sort of being a, a customer for many, many years, I won't say for how many, um, <laughs> you know, for at Golden Spoon, I have noticed your particular franchise, um, and this is a unscientific observation, but from, from what I've seen, you guys seem to have a lot of, you know, er, er, people who have entered the job market recently, mm -hmm. right? A lot of young people, not always, but it seems like you have a lot of maybe first time workers yeah. or second time. Mm -hmm. That's a big part of your population. So is that, yeah. is that intentional? Is it just sort of happened by accident? I mean, you know, is that kind of, are you, is, are you guys like a really good place for someone's first job, right? I mean, I think kind so. Of yeah. I mean, yeah, I think it is a great place for someone's first job. Yeah. I think moving forward with the new cafe concept, we're going to need someone with a little bit more experience, uh, trained baristas, mm -hmm and um and whatnot so people that are knowledgeable in the gelato process the making of the product and everything there will be more labor involved in the new cafe so that might change a little bit but yeah, yeah historically i think it just kind of happened that way. Well, it'll be interesting to see how maybe your process then evolves for hiring mm -hmm. and who your ideal yeah. candidate is and mm -hmm. um what you have to pay them and all those other things right right um <laughs> you know that kind of kind of go into all that um i know so so you're sort of really charged in to look at 
uh, you know the, the efficiencies of the business. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you're looking at how how things are going to be you know, changing. Mm-hmm. Then, how does this sort of impact, or how are you trying to shape or or even change the culture of the company as you guys sort of look to make these changes? Uh, well, we definitely want to have that premium. Um, you know, perception out there. We, mm-hmm. Everything that we do is going to be premium, from the coffee beans we source to the products, the gel, culture gelato that we make. Mm-hmm. Um, so just going out there and really positioning ourselves as that premium brand. And also that third place, like, um, you know, your place away from home and away from the office that you can go and unwind and spend time, um, either with your friends and family just hanging out or working. I mean, I use coffee shops often to <laughs> as right. my place of work. So uh, we want to be that third place for everyone. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for us, Golden Spoon is always that place you, we always go either before or after the movies, right? Because yeah. it happens yeah. right next to a the movie theater yeah. where we're at. So, yeah, yeah, it does have that kind of link to something. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so, you know, being in operations, maybe we, we could talk a little bit about some of the processes you've successfully put into place that have helped maybe meet some of your target goals for, for Golden Spoon. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, for, for example... Um, when we begin developing a new flavor, there's a number of questions that we ask, like, is it going to be seasonal? If it's, um, how sweet is it going to be? You know, will it reach all of our customers? Will it, you know, appeal to all of our customers? So mm-hmm. there's a lot of questions that we ask. Um, and then we're very proud at Golden Spoon that our products historically have been all natural, premium. We don't use cheap powdered products. Um, right. You know, they're kosher, halal, many of them. So, yeah. And do you think your clients know? I mean, is that something that's well known? Because I'm not, I don't think I ever knew any of that. Um, I've been a customer for a long time. We have done a poor job historically (laughs) of, yeah, positioning ourselves that way as that premium brand that, you know, offers all these um, It just tastes good. That's why I go in there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's all these other extra Mm -hmm. things. That's really cool. But, yeah, moving forward, we we are going to position ourselves and, uh, you know, do a better job at communicating that to everyone. So, right, right. Mm -hmm. Well, um, yeah. You know, in, in your role, mm-hmm. um, well, I was like, I guess maybe if you could share some of your um, processes um, or some of the things, uh, is there any other things that you're, I guess you're doing specifically around talent or around efficiencies, maybe with um, cost or with profits? Is there anything else you guys are kind of really thinking about right now? Oh, all of the above, actually, with the whole rebranding process, it's such a huge undertaking. So everything, um, you know, we have to consider as far as costs and you know ingredients and you know working with the architecture and yeah. you know the designers and and what the health department i mean it's all yeah. a lot of <laughs> it's crazy but it's a great process to go through we're excited about it well i imagine that puts you in a spot to really flex your your leadership muscle and mm-hmm. having to uh having a good i guess a leadership philosophy is, su- is super important um yeah. how do you feel your philosophy kind of fits in and how does that you know encourage the growth and talent around you yeah i always say i'm um, treat others as you would want to be treated so it's the golden rule for golden spoon i suppose yeah um but yeah just um, you know do unto others as you want them to do to you so yeah yeah, yeah. that's good well um switching gears um mm-hmm. you know uh to your own company uh mm-hmm. carefree concierge it seems like this is a really a place that could help people and provide you know, lots of different people, way for them to work better, have a better life balance, get, as you mentioned, get time back. Mm-hmm. Um, do you feel that people that utilize this service um, for that purpose, or is it just make their life easier? I mean, what, what do you think is sort of their main benefit? <laughs> yeah, oh yes, I, I believe that trying to achieve a work-life balance is important, especially when it is so easy to gradually spend more and more time at work um, and less and less time with um, on yourself or with your, your loved ones. So. 
Um, an example is instead of waiting several hours for the cable TV technician at home, a carefree concierge client could instead attend their children's athletics or music event. Um, mm -hmm. And then likewise, a person who's swamped at work can use carefree concierge to take care of home needs um, so that he can you know, focus on the work project that he needs to do or just get some sleep, right, <laughs> get some right, rest. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So you had kind of this, you know, dual experience of being mm -hmm. an entrepreneur and then also working in a, mm -hmm. you know, more established company um, as an executive. Um, so what do you feel are the biggest challenges kind of facing companies in the future when it comes to, mm -hmm. you know, staying relevant or staying in the eyes of the consumer, but also, you know, I guess in the eyes of the talent that you want for those people to come and work for you, right? Sure, yeah. Well, I think more and more workers are moving away from the old be at the office from nine to five day routine. Mm -hmm. So uh, this especially is true in California, um, but very few startups ask their people to work um, and start shirts and ties anymore. And it's important for companies to try and be flexible and responsible or responsive, um, you know, to their employees and their consumers. Oh, they're contractors, everyone. Right, mm -hmm. right. Well, especially out in this th this neck of the country where yeah. you're definitely not... Uh, <laughs> not the typical. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, my, my organization is completely virtual, right? So I have people all around the country and they work. They all get dressed, but I jokingly say they can work in their underwear all day. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I asked the, our, our, our last guest uh, this similar question, and maybe you have a, a really cool answer. And that hmm. would be, do you, is there an app or a gadget or something maybe you've added to your life uh, recently that's kind of helped you be more productive or a better person or a better listener or anything like that? Um, well, I definitely depend heavily on my smartphone and my laptop there with me all the time. Um, so just making sure that it's reliable and has enough memory and everything mm -hmm. to support my needs. But um, it's not an app that I, I guess, or, you know, that I use, but I do find it valuable to time batch everything. So I use this technique in several aspects of my life, including social media, blogging, um, and any other similar activities that I can batch together. So, and there are apps that can assist that, such as Planoly or Buffer to mm -hmm. schedule, you know, posts and things like that, so. I've recently gotten lost in the app called Masterclass. Mm. On, I'm and not they, familiar, they, they, they advertise it over Facebook and different uh -huh. platforms, but it's these people who are masters of their, of their class, of their uh -huh. thing, and they're doing these little mini classes on how to do what they do. So mm. um, I've watched, he's, Paul's giving me the thumbs up. <laughs> so I'm, I'm doing uh, Thomas Keller right now, who's a famous chef. And yeah, so no, I know Thomas Keller. Yeah. I've met him several times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I've been to his restaurants. And so, yeah, I love you know, the French laundry. <laughs> yep. And I'm more of an ad hoc guy just because uh -huh. I'm too cheap to pay too. for yeah, French yeah. laundry. It's so expensive. I'm actually going in June All right. to be in Napa, so well, there I'll we go. be there. Ad hoc is great, so... <laughs> Probably the best brunch of my life. Oh, uh, yeah. Amazing. So anyways, he kind of goes through these little techniques and mm -hmm. things. And I've changed a bunch of my processes recently just kind of based on his answer. made a huge difference. I have to check it out. And then, you know, so there's uh, chefs Master have done class. things. Then there's writing. So like Judy Bloom or Malcolm mm -hmm. Galdwell, Galdwell mm -hmm. are like telling you how to write. Right. So if right. you're into writing. And then there's even, yeah. if you want to learn how to play basketball, Stephen Curry's there doing even look tennis. They have uh, cool. uh, Serena Williams. They have all these different categories. Right. And if. You can either buy one class or you could buy a whole a year package. subscription yeah. and just immerse yourself immerse in it, yourself, yeah. which is sort of what I've <laughs> Yeah, yeah, lately. I could see myself doing that and getting lost, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not usually a person that ever sits still, and I've been doing a lot of, like, sitting and just watching. Me too, as you can tell, I'm fidgeting, like, yeah. this entire interview. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. that's kind of my app recently that I've, you know, a thing, I guess, but I've mm -hmm. been learning a lot. It's been expensive, too, because I'm, like, have to have the best pan now. Yeah, you know? right, right. I almost tell I have to have this pan, so I have this pan. <laughs> Well, what about books? So, I mean, we, I, we read a lot of books, and 
Um, I even run a book club here in Orange County, oh, um, okay. you know, for professionals. And so I was looking for the next book that we might read. Do you, do you have one yeah. that you've been thinking about or reading recently? Um, well, I just received a compilation of President Lincoln's speeches and writings. Okay. So I haven't actually begun it yet, but I've glanced through it. And um, seems like, you know, President Lincoln was a very thoughtful person, I yeah, say. Did, yeah. you, did you read his the other book, The Team of Rivals, that came out a few I years ago? I have back? not read that, no. Okay, that is amazing. The now, best, now, you yeah. only need the abridged version. You don't need the full, because the full has all the, okay. the letters that you don't need to read. Okay. But what I found fascinating, you may Let's find this with out. Lincoln, is he has this mystique of being such a great leader. And actually, what yes. he was, was a complete and total failure for a very, very long mm-hmm. time. He kept trying things, and he kept being terrible at it. Well, the more you fail, the more you succeed, the right. more likely you're succeeding. And then in yeah. the end, he really kind of figured it out, right? Yeah. And, was, and his sort of, the way he approached things with people was kind of amazing. And so yeah. he actually was, to your point about treating people how you would want to be treated, he was yeah. very, very thoughtful in his relationships with people. And despite all the failures and the how people didn't do what they were supposed to do, in the end, it sort of came all yeah. came around. So you may find some yeah. I was shocked to know how bad he was for so long. I, I thought he was amazing. like this yeah. amazing leader, right? And he yeah. was he kind of grew into that. So. Yeah. Yeah, really no, interesting. Yeah. I try to dive into as many things as I can, you know, fail as much as I can. <laughs> <laughs> so eventually, right, I'll succeed. We're all there. So mm-hmm. talking about failing, mm-hmm. have there been any failures when it comes to flavors at Golden Spoon? That you I've been asked that of? several times. Have I'm, you? Okay. We've been, yeah, it's funny. We've just, we spend a lot of time in our R&D process mm-hmm. and um, we really... Um, you know, do a very good job at sourcing our flavors and working closely with our dairy to make sure there are no flops and, right. you know, researching um, what's hot, you know, trends and things out there. So right. we haven't really had any flops, I wouldn't say. Yeah. Um, there's been some some ones that are a little bit weird, like Tiger's Blood back in the, we, you know, we had, which was right. um, very popular for a short time with the whole Charlie Sheen thing. And then it kind of yeah, went down. It kind of yeah. went down, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. But our flavors overall are just, they, they've st- stood the test of time, too. We've been around for 35 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of the flavors are the same as they were back then, like our old-fashioned vanilla and just chocolate. Right. And um, even though we are innovating and creating new flavors, um, those ones just... You know? Now, this is probably my palate, but I'm always um, advocating for herbs mm-hmm. and those kinds of things. Do you want a savory kind of menu? Like, I would love like okay. a lavender yogurt, right? We are doing some things with like lavender, roses, like, See, yeah. Those, mm-hmm. like flowers and herbs and things like yeah, that. Yeah, we're playing around with some stuff. Because that's mm-hmm. different because you have like, you know, peanut butters and chocolates kind of hit They're rich ones, and rich indulgent. And, mm-hmm. Right. And then mm-hmm. you have your sweet, like I'll... I'll I'm very often like a vanilla, chocolate, peanut butter, strawberry, right? Mm-hmm. I'll have kind of the mix. I should get the sweet. In there. Yeah, yeah. But there's never that other flavor. All right. What do you, you think know? about a balsamic strawberry? Like something. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Um, but uh, you could even go, uh, imagine there could be other things on the balsamic road, mm. too, not just strawberry. Yeah, yeah not just be, strawberry. That'd mm. be really good. So, yeah, oh, we're playing balsamic around. fig. Oh, that sounds really See? decadent. Oh, yeah. I'm going to quit my job and go work for Golden I know. Right. It's all the Thomas Keller <laughs> videos you've been watching. <laughs> I love it. Uh, that's great. Well, mm-hmm. um, you know, I really appreciate you being a part of the show. Um, you know, we talked about a lot of different things here with the two different companies and things mm-hmm. that you're doing. You mm-hmm. know, if there was sort of, if someone was listening, but maybe they couldn't pay attention the whole time and they remembered one thing, is there one thing that you hope they might remember? Yeah, I think treat others as you want them to treat you and try to plan ahead and anticipate potential problems as much as possible because um, Murphy's Law is always lurking around the right, corner. So, right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, awesome. So uh, how can people find out more about Golden Spoon? Maybe they are interested in the, the mm-hmm. bistro coming soon. Maybe they yes. want to work for you. Maybe, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, are, are your... Are your um, 
actual stores uh, corporate owned or are they franchises or? Um, currently we have one corporate location um, that we expect that to change very soon with the mm. expansion plans. Um, but all the other locations are franchised. Okay. So, so mm. they might be interested in working for you. They might also be interested exactly. in being a franchisee. Yes. So what's yes. the best way for them to find out more about Golden Spoon? Uh, well, they can visit us at goldenspoon.com. Um, you can email me at chrissiagoldenspoon.com or follow our handle at goldenspoon. So. And if you are... Let's see. Uh, Paul's asking me. Uh, we should spell it out. Oh, okay. Yeah. There yes. we go. Uh, spell Golden Spoon at. No, no, no. I oh. think your name. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Chrissy. It's a C H R I S S Y at goldenspoon.com. There we go. Mm-hmm. Just in case, because there is many variations of that. Yes. So true. I thought Paul was trying to do a musical interlude <laughs> with this sort of hand gesture he was doing, but he wants us to sing. <laughs> yeah. Now, what about uh, Carefree Concierge? Um, is that? Um, really kind of more local specific? Currently, yeah, it's serving South Orange County and Mm -hmm. some parts of LA County. So if you Um, happen to be in those areas and you mm -hmm. need help, where can they go to find out more about that? Go to carefreeconcierge.us, not .com, .us, or .net. And you can email me at Chrissy, C-H-R-I-S-S-Y, at carefreeconcierge.us. Well, perfect. Mm -hmm. Uh, Really appreciate you being a part of the show and coming down to the studio and and joining us. Um, And, uh, well, I think that's it for our today's show. Thank so you thank for you. having me. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Thank you, everyone, for listening uh, to, to today's show. Hopefully you gained something that you can use in your own career. Next week, I will have Perry Timms, the founder and chief energy officer of PTHR, and Charlie uh, Charlie Judy, two first names. That's kind of threw me for a loop there. The founder and CEO of WorkXO as my guest. I look forward to a great show. Until then, do what you love and show the world how talented you can be today. You've been listening to Talent Talk Radio, brought to you by People G2.